Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another episode of Weekly Market Updates where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. This week, well, I, I wish I told you we had some positive news, but it's mainly negative trying to dissect exactly what's going on with regards to post-FOMC. That's our first story. We also got some news about Meta and Google cost-cutting. Are there layoffs incoming? A bit of talking about that in terms of benefit cutbacks and so on. And last but not least, we thought we'd go a little east understand a little bit more about Chinese banks. Are they as attractive? Are they undervalued? Is it a good time to go into it? All these questions, we discuss it through with a few predictions on how we're going to pan out the next three months. Stay tuned. Let's get to it. Hey, Coconuts. Welcome back to Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. And Anthony. And I mean, this week, uh, Anthony, how's it been? It's the end of the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it's the Red Wedding but now we're just magnified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know if anything survives, actually. At least some people managed to escape the red wedding. Ah, man. Ah, it's terrible. It's been... I wish... I wish... I mean, Coconuts, I wish we had good news for you this week. <laughs> no, look, oh. I think that this is good news long term, right? The, the lower you buy, the, the more it recovers, the, the better your returns. So it's, it's not that bad. It's short-term pain. I think that's it. Right. Way to look on way to look on the bright side of life, my friend. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> nice, nice. Um yeah, so three three stories for you this week. We start off with the price action post FOMC. Just sort of dissecting that a little bit, understanding yeah. what's what's going on, see how we do that. Then a bit more on the negative news, right? For those in tech, for those listening to us in tech. Meta and Google are doing some sort of cost cutting uh, and a question whether layoffs are incoming is something there. I think a bit of communication there, of course, related to very much our our point one. Uh, And last but not least, something in the East, Chinese banks, right? No longer as attractive. Also related to point one. Everything relates to point one. (laughs) That's also true. So we, like I said, I think it's been a really red week. It's been a tough week for all of us. Um, I think Anthony, you and I, when we were going through this, we were like, ah, oh, no positive news. Uh. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, there's no news outside of FOMC. It, it's just kind of dominated the, the whole discussion the last week. It's just absolutely terrible. I, I want to talk about other yeah. things, you know? <laughs> like, don't tw- worry, Twitter, bro, we'll... Twitter must just Twitter, give us more yeah. news. I, I want to come back and talk about you. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's been going on. The, the trial's in two to three weeks, so very exciting times there. We, we will have to cover it. <laughs> at least at least in between the FOMC meetings, right? Because I do know yep. they're going to have a couple more as well this year. <laughs> Jeez, uh, that's going to be painful. But uh, yeah, I mean, break it, break it down for us, Anthony. What's happening with FOMC? All right, FOMC. I mean, well, you, I mean, if you are listening to the show, I, I kind of gather that you read the news, so you know what happened, right? Um, the Fed essentially came out and said, um, in in all but these words, this will be higher, but uh, higher for longer. So so they're going to increase interest rates um at a much to a, to a much higher terminal value than they thought they would three months back, mm. and they would keep rates at that level for a much longer period as well. And I think even mm. today or yesterday, one of the Fed chairs came out and said, "Don't expect a rate." cut in 2023 so we'll raise it we, we don't probably do 4.5 4.6 but don't mm. expect us to cut it and you know that's just the way it is we, we are going to make sure we beat inflation before we 
do anything. So the 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 whole narrative has shifted from when when would the Fed pivot, when would the Fed start loosening to when would the Fed even stop raising rates, right? <laughs> <laughs> when would it just keep or when would it go down to like zero twenty five basis points instead of seventy five or fifty? So so yeah, you know, that that's really been a narrative. And with all that comes you know, your usual bunch of people going, oh, this is too much, this is too much tightening, the Fed is looking at the wrong data and, and all of that. Mm. But mm, who knows, really. Yeah, I mean, for me, okay, firstly, it was a 75 basis points hike. So congrats on that, uh, Anthony. Keep yeah. it coming. <laughs> I, I'm going to make another prediction later, right? But I mean, let's let's put this into perspective, right? Right now, the what's the cash rate? 3%? 3.25? 3. Yeah. And, and they are going to hit said... 4.25 by the end of the year. So that's 0.5, 0.5 things to or like 0.75 and 0.25, something mm. like that. I was I was reading whether I was reading a couple of articles, you know, in, in preparation for this as well, and they were saying that there could be a, a, a argument to raise rates by one point two five, so one hundred and twenty five basis points. That's England, right? That, that's not the US. Was that? I thought that was US. No, well, not yeah, I, Fed I expects to rate rates. Wait, in, in one 1. go 2. or 5. or until the until they reach? I, I think one point two five until mid next year sounds about right. Yeah, I think. Um, let's see. I don't know. I don't know whether they're going to do 125 basis points hike or whether it's 275 basis points hike, but that's going to be still... Yeah, I mean, it, it'll probably be like 50, 25, 25, 25. That brings us to mid next year and, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how badly the economy does like, early. I think that's that's going to be the, the key thing to look out for, um, just jobs yeah. and employment and all of that. And I think you, you also made a good point, right? I mean, Fed is raising rates, but also in, in, in the UK, uh, in Australia, actually around the globe, there are all those in monetary policy are also increasing rates, aren't they? Yeah, except Japan and maybe China. So I mean, <laughs> so we, we, we should talk about this and, and, and the middle maker trade and, and all of that. Um, but be, before we get there, you know, I, I wanted to say something about line go up and line go down. Um, essentially, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know we... we don't like I. I'm not a super big fan of technical analysis, right? But you you already kind of see the equity market breaking and and kind of taking in mm. this whole new rhetoric of tightening, right? Because it, it's just going down and down. I think you know we 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 last had lows in June and then it bounced up. It, it rallied really really strongly to to August and. Jackson mm. Hole until Jackson Hole and Powell said, "Guys, stop it! We are tightening. You know, stop trying to make me a dub. <laughs> I'm a hawk. Go away!" And then markets fell, right? And and then we got inflation data. Markets continued falling. We had and now we have this new FOMC meeting, and you know, it seems as if we will we will break through that June lows and below that, you know, there is very little support. So this drop, if it holds, would be quite significant i would say drastic yeah take us a little bit through that right so it's going to be you you anticipate it's going to be lower than than june i think um, we already are or we are just about at the june levels we have been like bouncing up and yes. down around there um like yeah. in in like on if you look at the intraday charts we are all around the, the june 2022 levels you know there, mm. there have been some you know, relatively strong bounces i think even yesterday right it, um yesterday monday night it opened Bounce. up quite a bit actually and and then it, it turned back down you know through the course of the day to, to end up lower so so there is you know and, and these are you know really really oversold conditions if you look at your rsi and you look at your, your put call 
option, you know, parity and all that, everybody's selling and mm. the bounces have not been taking hold. So, so I think, you know, in terms of sentiment, in terms of momentum, it's just getting scary in the short term. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you mean by there's no support, how low do you expect this to go? Like companies will fail sort of sort of thing? No, no, or? no, no, not, not that bad, not that bad. Sorry, I'm, I'm just... Okay, so the S&P now is about 3,650. Uh, we'll see where it opens. The next level down is right, 3,400, 3,500 about yeah. there. So yeah. another 7 next to support. 8%. And, and I think and before there's, there's a significant rally again, it'll bounce again and, and mm. then it'll, it might end up at the 3,000 level sometime next year. We'll see. I think that... that that really depends on where the Fed goes next and, and where earnings yes. go next. Oh well, my God, I'm good at technical analysis. I should do this more. But... <laughs> you see, you just needed the, the person to, write the, to, to ask the right questions, Anthony. Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a fair point, right? It's, and, and I guess the dilemma that I'm facing, and I'm sure the coconuts out there is facing, or are facing as well, is when is the right time? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the right time is always yesterday, right? And if you didn't do it yesterday, you do it today. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> fair enough. But on a more serious note, like if you expect this to go, and we expect another one point two five increase from from three point two five to four point two five or four point five percent in terms of cash rate, right? There is an argument to say, hey, you know what? Let's. It's very, really unpredictable. Companies aren't doing so well. Let's wait for a bit more. Wait till the year end. Wait till early next year. Let's see what happens, and then. And then go in and then start. Yeah, yeah. You know? Fair, fair. I, I think it really depends on what your strategy and your goal is, right? I mean, if you are somebody who wants to do short term, like, you know, one, three, six month trades, now would actually be a relatively decent time to go in. Or if it, or you wait for the, the next support level to be hit and, and then you rush in because that, that's oversold. You, you earn that 10% in a month and you sell and you kind of move on, right? Mm. So so you can do that, that, that short term, um, you know. But I think at the end of the day, if you're longer term, you're really focused on the, the businesses or if you are just really buying the S&P, then you DCA, right? And and that always makes sense. And and why I say this is because at the end of the day, how confident are you in, in timing the market, right? And, and being better at timing the market than, than everything else. I mean, once the newspaper starts saying the bottom is in, you're probably a few months too late. It's gone up a bit, right? So, you know, why bother doing that? Um, Just keep buying on the way down and just keep buying on the way up, right? And I think at the end of the day, you know, I mean, e- even if you, Look, look, you ever think, oh, yeah, it's going to go up. There's going to be a huge recession and all that. The, the markets tend to are forward looking to a certain extent, right? We, we, we agree that they're not efficient, but, but they're forward looking and, you know, they tend to bottom six to nine months before the recession ends. So, you know, I mean, you, you ask yourself, how deep do we think this recession is? How long do we think it lasts? When should we actually start buying? And, and this just gets complicated, right? So, so you know, best guess, maybe you, you, the bottom is early next year, right? Or, or we are in a lost decade and, you know, the, the bottom is 2029, right? But, you know, you, you, you don't know all this. So and I don't know if anybody wants to think too much about this. So, so just keep buying. You know, you have a salary come in, you just DCA and, you know, the, you hope that just the allocate, long-term trend... Allocate. Yeah, just allocate and you know you hope that long term trend of equity markets always going up just just works. Even if it comes, you know, ten years down the line. 
Yeah, yeah. No, fair, fair. I think these are some questions that I get asked, right, uh, from time to time as well. But let's, you know, with regards to, to the US uh, and the Fed, you know, raising rates, how does right. that affect us over here, here in, <sighs> um, in, in Malaysia and Singapore? Uh, or yeah. even the U.S. enterprises. I think we touched on that a little last week. Take us through that. Yeah, I mean, we, we did. And, you know, we touched about it in last earnings season as well. I think we'll talk about Microsoft or something else, right? Um, the stronger, mm-hmm. uh, look, the, the USD is strong. And and that just means that if you're a U.S. Corporate, listed corporation that earns all your revenue in, in foreign currencies, right? Your earnings are going to be weak, and and you know then and that will come out when the next earnings season comes up, and your with multiple compression, you, you can expect stock prices to fall there, right? Um, but I think where it has been relatively interesting is you see all you know the, the USD getting stronger is really emerging market pain. <laughs> um, it, it's mm. US kind of going. My inflation is too high. I am I'm outsourcing or I'm you know pushing my inflation out to all the other countries in the world. And requiring them to act in concert with me on monetary policy, right? So you see all of the the EU banks, you know, oh, sorry, the the e, the ECB raising rates. Um, you see, you see the the developing countries like you know, Sri Lanka and all that being unable to service their their US dollar debt because of the currency, because of the increased interest rates, and you know they are going to default. So so there is a whole range of repercussions, right? Um. Overseas, mm. you, you look at the British pound yesterday and it collapsed like 20%. Um, yen is down 20% yeah. on the year. Good time to go Japan on holiday now that they've opened up. <laughs> you know, I think when Jefferson said it um, six months back, it was like 120, 110, 120, which was a historic low at that time. But we are now 10% lower than that. So your money goes a lot further in Japan now, you know, and, and they, they have stepped in to, and they have stepped in to support their currency. The, the Chinese are kind of stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place, you know, so, so all of this, and I think we, we did a stocky card on that eons back with um, the, the CIMB guy, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but, you know, Sebun, yes, Sebun. Sebun, um, yes. and and it's it's remarkably present, right? You know, I think the predictions there were roughly correct. This really looks like 1998 and the Asian financial crisis, where mm-hmm. you have the Japanese yen devaluing, you have the Chinese yen devaluing because they are still export oriented, and you know that just has this whole cascading yeah. effect through the region, if if not the world. So I think that's the big risk. Um, that the good thing and, and the difference now is probably that because of the commodities boom, because of, you know, the, the, at least in Southeast Asia, stronger government balance sheets, Indonesia and Malaysia are better insulated from all these effects. You're not going to see rupiah go from like, you know, 1 USD to 2,000 to 1 USD to 12,000 within the space of a month anymore. That That's mm. hopefully not going to happen because like 12K to 10,000 to 100,000 is going to be huge, right? Um, but, and that will really be the last decade. But, you know, so so there, there's, I think that is the big risk and, and the big elephant in the room. But hopefully, um, you know, because of past experiences and all that, um, the policymakers in this region can navigate the situation a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it has been holding up pretty well, but it's good that you bring this up, uh, at least to the attention of, of coconuts out there. So do take a look at it. Um, for those of you that have, weren't in the Asian financial didn't really know much about it, good to read up as well. Um, I was Listen to boy. us talk geek out. I thought that was really good. That was True. like a slice <laughs> of financial history. That was... That was a that was a really good one, right? Um, yeah, we can do that, actually. Yep, do that. It's the one with Sebun. Um, that's a good one. If you want, if you're not 
I mean, I, I like to read on the train as well. So you can always do that and find out a bit more in yep. terms of what happened with the Asian financial crisis. All right. I think with regards to this, we have to see how it pans out. But I mean, adding adding to this, it's really affecting companies, right? And, and yep. most companies now is going, hey, my stock was at this price. We were doing great. We are hitting, you know, revenues never seen before. And specifically tech stocks, right? Which we all know grew like crazy uh, during the, <laughs> during COVID. And what's happening now and leading on to our second story is very much around that, right? With the Fed raising rates, with companies facing a lot of issues um, with regards to, you know, for example, let's take the big guys, right? Google and Meta, which is the, which is the topic for today. They were effectively saying, hey, you know what? We've been anticipating this sort of downturn for a bit. Um, they've re-looked at their guidance for the year. Um, et cetera, et cetera. I think we covered Google in the last earnings call, Anthony, if you remember that. And yep. then Meta, we did that as well. Um, in fact, lately, they have come out to say that they're also cutting back in terms of benefits within the company, right? Now, um, for for those that are not in tech, maybe that's, you know, like, oh, great. That doesn't doesn't mean mean like a big thing. But I think for those in tech, it means quite a bit because this is effectively what it stood for. Right. Yes, you work hard, but these sort of benefits, these sort of perks are the big reason why people go to Google, people go to Facebook. Um, and the fact that they have said, like, look, sorry, but no more business travel, barely any team meetups, do team meetups in the office, end of year Christmas party in the office. Um, these sort of things in terms of, of cost cutting is, I think, quite a quite a telltale sign that, you know, they are expecting some sort of a of a bad Q3, bad Q4. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I differ from you. I think management is being sneaky here, right? I mean, I, 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 I like the workers, right? Um, despite being a shareholder, <laughs> I, I like workers, and I think management is really big, absolutely sneaky here. Um, as, especially if you're Google, if you're, um, yeah, if you're Google, you're Amazon, you're, you're Meta. You know, look at their cash. They have so much cash. You know, mm. having a bit less business travel uh, doesn't really affect it right <laughs> you know paying 2000 bucks less for christmas dinner multiply that by 50 you know across all your offices in the world again doesn't make a dent right that, that's a mill out of uh, a billion dollar per quarter business mm. uh, more than a like 10 billion dollar quarter business so this is kind of rubbish um you know like how, how does saving that million dollars help you you know clean up a balance sheet it doesn't these are strong Know, relatively strong, relatively recession-proof companies, maybe not meta, but at the end of the day, yeah, I, yeah. I think th this is more cultural than anything, right? It's it's a sign to say, no more rest and vest. You know, guys, get to work, right? You, there's a lot of you, I know not all of you are pulling your weight, time for you to leave. Right? And, and, and and I don't want to fire you because that, that affects your reputation. So natural attrition, yeah. right? If you are there just to like, park and chill I, I'm gonna push you harder and and off you go you know and and I think that's that's more of the cultural shift I feel that they, they want people to be more driven they want people to be more entrepreneurial they want to push people harder they want to be more like Amazon right rather than be the nice cuddly you know employer that that always um, uses pronouns correctly and and gives you like dog <laughs> cuddling days in the office or whatever. I, I don't know. It just seems weird. But yeah. No, no. There is no cuddling days in the office. <laughs> no dog cuddling, right? You you bring you bring dogs in for like animal oh, therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. I think there are a few few like that. Um, and it's I think it's it's also telling, right? So I think Meta mentioned that they plan to reduce ten percent of their employees. 
Um, this past couple of weeks, I think we've, we've heard that Twilio has mm-hmm. um, effectively sacked 11% globally uh, with regards to to the staff, staff cutting and, and, and all of them. Um, Google obviously has that brand, like you mentioned, to do. So I think reducing this and effectively, I think Sundar Pichai came out to say that he's trying to make Google 20% more efficient. Yeah. And, and, and I are, mean, he, he also said, you know, um, I'm... I'm going to stop business travel while on a business trip to New York. So yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, we know how much he earns. Huh? So cut his pay, Be like Shopee, right? Cut management pay. Problem solved. Yeah. Cut his pay twenty percent, then settle already. Can exactly. have all the parties you want. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, whether they're being sneaky or not, that's. That's up to them, I guess. They need to show that they are they are making some sort of revenue. They need to show that they are improving. They are doing better than last quarter. And I think that if they believe that revenue isn't going to hit, it's not really about cash, right? It's more yep. about what's revenue minus expenses. So I think that is effectively what they're planning for. And I think once it goes back up to the $800, uh, sorry, the 3000 over dollars that Google was, was it 3000 300 like it's it's un, it's under a hundred now. So uh, before yes. after the split. So it's, yeah, it's under a hundred now, right? Um, exactly, and it's actually been going down since yes. their their <laughs> earnings call. <laughs> I think for me, I mean, whether it's it's a it's a telltale sign or whether it's them trying to say, hey, you know what? Maybe these benefits era is over. I think that's 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 something we have to we have to see. We have to take a look. Yeah, but and look, I I mean, you know, I I kind of went against them but if you're a shareholder this is a good thing right you, you want to exploit mm. labor um as the owner of capital as much as you can you know? hey, so capitalism at its finest guys I, i'm sorry I, I feel very i feel very like you know um squeeze dry recently right so so yeah you know, exploiting of labor um at, at the expense of equity holders if i'm an equity holder i think that that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah and that's, I mean, that's effectively what they're doing now, right? Yep. Um, let, let's see how they go over the next six months to a year. Uh, maybe even longer than that. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and maybe it's a very different Google at the end of the day, which is, you know, where they don't throw money away on like Waymo and other bets and they are more disciplined about it. And they're actually, you know, monetize those things and it, and it spurs the next stage of growth, right? Because mm. that's the big bad case against Google. They, they have a monopoly, but nothing else in their other bets has really been commercially successful um, some very technically successful but, but not commercially so maybe with a refocusing with with the you know hollowing out a bit of the workforce and making everybody a bit more focused that removes the bear case slightly yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair let's see let's see how that pans out all right Anthony take us through right. to what's happening with China right so we before we do that US, before we do that happening ju- just just more yeah. on line go up line go down line is going up today <laughs> oh, the US yeah, it just opened open. actually. We should take a look. It's going early to be talking about whether it's going up. It's going up. Like, okay, growth is going up more than you know all the old school stuff. But yeah, it, it seems to be going up really well. So you know, if this can hold up through the day, may, maybe this is a, a bounce that's worth trading. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Let, let's hurry up and end this so I can decide whether to buy shit or not. Buy more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, it is It is going up. Wow. I'm being a bit happy now. <laughs> real, real time emotions. <laughs> Twilio, Twilio let go of 12%. Stocks went up from 60 to 74. <laughs> Brilliant. 
they they read about the, the Twilio announcement. It's funny. It's like, oh, we are going to do this in uh, like they said they said we are going to do this in a non-racist way. Then I'm like, what is is like a, a fan? Then I'm like, is is there a racist way to do it? <laughs> I thought you just kind of go on <laughs> married and, and fire people, right? But I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe it's, it's maybe what they odd. actually need, maybe what they actually needed was Thanos to snap his fingers and then suddenly <laughs> at random. Look, I, I don't think the layoffs <laughs> have ended. They, they will continue if if they end up with fifty percent of their original workforce. That that probably sounds about right. You know, they, they're just dragging on the process. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, eleven percent is quite big already. So uh, hopefully they'll they'll be okay. Yep, we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah. All right, last topic. All right, Chinese banks. Tell yes, the Chinese banks. I mean, you know, I just wanted to talk about it a bit because, I mean, they're, they're, no, it's, it's not been the news recently, but over the last three, four months, you know, you, you, you kind of see people once, people once in a while pitch, oh, Chinese banks are cheap, you should buy them, right? And, and these are not small banks, right? These are like your ICBCs. Um, you know, Agricultural Bank, Bank of China, yeah, they are all in the top ten largest banks in the world by assets. You know, and and mm. I think superficially, they can all be considered cheap and undervalued. So you know, I thought oh, that that's that sounds quite interesting. You know, is that still the case, right? And I mean, if you look at it on the surface, that that looks mm. about right. You know, um, they they trade at they tend to trade at price to book about zero point three, zero point four. So which is kind of low, right? I mean, DBS is like 1.2, you know, and and historically, yeah. even the Chinese banks are like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 um, price to book. So so 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4 is low. Um, it's really low and and undervalued in that sense, right? They they have decent return on equity. It's still like 11, 12 percent. You know, um, non-performing loans, at least the declared portion of it seems great. Capital adequacy ratio is strong. You know, they they have enough buffer. And they have a great dividend yield, right? It's like seven, eight percent dividends now. Uh, earlier in the year it was like six percent, and and that's uh, so. So I mean, if you look at all these things, and then you compare them to like, I mean, Singaporeans of bank stocks, right? DBS, OCBC, UOB. The Chinese banks are yeah. really cheap. Um, they give higher dividends. They are growing a bit faster. Why not, right? And I, I think that yes, that uh... tends to be the question, you know. But yeah, what what do you think? You know, have have you looked at Chinese banks actually? I okay. I will be honest. I have not looked at Chinese banks. Um, you should look um, at something more honestly, than tech, man. <laughs> I should. I should look at something more than U.S. tech. <laughs> Chinese tech, I also not even in, right? Uh, <laughs> so, so it's not just it's not just tech. It's just U.S. based, and I, I'm in other things other than tech. But I need to look at. I, for me, I think looking at, at Chinese sector is a little bit of frightening, and and I think coming from this from an amateur investor like myself. I think that the risk that I face is the fact that tomorrow things can change. But that's everywhere. I mean, like tomorrow Twilio could fire another 10% of their workforce. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then I'll make more money because guess what? I'm a Twilio shareholder. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I mean, so it, it's different, right? Because that's governmental with, with, with China. With, with the US, it's sort of market driven, you know. Um, I, I feel there's a bit more security in that sense <laughs> or, or less volatility in that sense. Let's put it that way. Um, but I need, I think, you know what I need to do? I need to talk to Reggie to, to get started with China because I do believe and, and see that. But here's the question I have for you, right? Investing in Singapore is okay, but with with China, what is this, you know, with regards to, say, the the RO, ROEs and going into the banks and stuff like this, do you think it's a good idea that we should go into it? 
because of the growth that they might be seeing? Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I think growth is. I mean, this is a different profile of of companies that that we are looking at, right? We we are not really concerned about growth here. We are just concerned about milking the cow, you know, every year for that seven, eight, ten percent, um, dividend, whatever right? cash that that they are willing to give while maintaining or or slightly growing their their book or or their profitability. So I think you know the, the profile of the business is very different from from our tech stocks, right? We are not, but I think- yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, I think the question I have here is with the banks and and lately, right? And why I'm a little scared as well is you know if you look at what happened with Evergrande um, or however you would call it with regards to that and other companies or other other people that don't pay their loans, right? That's what we've been talking about the last quarter or so. What what's happening there? Yeah, give us a bit. Yeah, of a... I think that's that that those are actually proper reasons why they are priced cheaply, right? I mean, you know. Mm. I mean, we we have oh, I've and and Jefferson and Reggie have have all been very bullish on on China and and the China economy, but you know I think realistically where that was coming from was that yeah the Chinese economy would probably do great and you know if macro is bad, they will be the only ones loosening the the purse strings right essentially well, whether it's like through fiscal or monetary policy to to boost their economy where where everybody else mm. is in a tightening cycle. And that just hasn't happened. It, it still might. It still might because they have so many issues. But but that hasn't happened yet, and and that's been a bit of a weakness in in the Chinese equity markets. But you know, you look at macro and then China macro and and how their economy is performing. There's very little bright sparks, right, in the short term. You know, Evergrande is, is still ongoing. We we don't know mm. where the losses will lie. In, in terms of how yes. the bailout of all these properties will occur. Um, and particularly yeah. for banks, you don't know if... You know, they, they have been, in a, in a sense, encouraged to make new loans to, to all these you know, property companies, which is bad because they are just not creditworthy, right? You, you wouldn't be making loans mm. to them in, in the ordinary course. Now the government is telling you to do some of the purse strings. Uh, can you really do it? I think that that's a... Difficult question. So you know how Evergrande plays out and how that affects banks. You know that's going to be a concern. Um, you know the the local governments are trying to raise money to build them out. Again, not really sure where this money is coming from. Some of it seems to be coming from the banks. So you know, again, is is that a loss leader to to maintain government relationships and all that, or or is that national service in a sense, right, to to help prop up the economy? Uh, we don't know. Right then, then you you go on to all the other issues of China with the the smaller regional banks like kind of getting run out of business, you know, committing fraud, and you know, in in a lot in some of these instances, the big commercial banks, you know, ICBC is one of them, have been asked to come and kind of take over these banks. So essentially, you buy out these banks, you you own them now, and and you kind of go in and fix the problem, right? Instead of the government stepping in to fix the problem. So again, another yeah. form of national service. Probably See, not, but, but not. this is not exactly what I mean by by you don't really know what's going to happen, right? Because tomorrow things can change. Like this can but, never you know, happen in the US. Like you can't just say But that. this could happen to DBS. You know, if, if we go into a big recession in Singapore, do you think DBS will be allowed to retrench anybody? Even mm. if it's... <laughs> you know, they, they hire so many people, right? So I, I think yes. it, it's kind of the, the social compact that all these big banks, even you know, if you're JPM or Goldman or B of A in the US, right? Can they really fire people? That, they have. I mean, they, they have, but it, it's going to, <laughs> it, it will be a financial induced recession that, that makes them do it, 
right? And and you know, if you're in the context of Singapore and China, DBS probably not, right? UOB, OCBC, maybe you can kind of see them doing that, but you know, DBS definitely not. So, you know, and that's the, the issue, right? You and that is why there there is that risk. You know, you don't know where where the, I mean I agree with you, you don't know where these things come in. Um and that makes it a bit hard to assess. I think the 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 issue I have with that is well, the world is inherently unknowable anyway. So, you know, that that applies to all companies, but that's just me being philosophical and irritating. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, back back to Chinese banks and the Chinese economy, yeah, it's just a, a generally slowing economy. They don't seem to have one either have the will or the appetite to to actually boost the economy in a meaningful way. So so mm-hmm. banks are not going to do well, you know, even their offshore loans you know, with the whole Belt and Road thing, they're running into trouble everywhere with the emerging market crisis and, and the well, US dollar kind of screwing everybody and the interest rate screwing everybody. So yeah, 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 yeah. like it, it's hard to see the, the catalyst or, or the turnaround for Chinese banks, you know, even if, I mean, they, they are well-run businesses, well-capitalized businesses, uh, could, could probably improve on their processes. But, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day... Do you think, yeah, yeah, do you think that if if um, they finish this saga of, of the property thing and then we actually find out where it's going to come and say it doesn't come from the banks, maybe it comes from yep. the government or it comes from whatever, um, do you think this would effectively be a... a a good thing and then you will see the banks sort of be valued at where they are if you believe they're undervalued now yeah so you, think that's you know I, I think once if if there is some sort of you know um dealing with the evergrande issue um in a, in a clear way that makes it clear mm-hmm. the banks don't absorb or absorb you know really minimal losses it'll be great it'll be really great for the banks and the banks will reprice immediately and, and shoot up 10 20 percent right in a week or so the, the problem okay. is you don't know and and there isn't any real way of assessing the probability of that now at, at this stage which kind of means mm-hmm. that if you buy and you hope for that scenario you're, it's, a, it's a gamble right it's, it's literally a gamble um so yeah is, is that a prudent thing to do you know in in this environment where there's a lot of investing opportunities i think that that's the real question <laughs> yeah I think that's completely fair. Um, but I think China is a good market. I need to learn more from you and Reggie, man. I'm sure... I'm oh, sure no, no, just buy ETF. La. Don't know what to do, buy ETF, <laughs> yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, buy ETF every month, DCA, <laughs> very important. There <laughs> we go, 101 into China. <laughs> no need, just buy ETF. You don't need to know what, what's A share, what's H share, what's Hong Kong share, what's S share. Just, just buy a few ETFs, you're done. <laughs> okay. Fine, done, done. Play money. Yeah, two eight oh one, two eight oh eh, two eight oh one, two eight oh four, something like that. It's the it's the HK ETF code. Oh my god. Um, I mean, in in general, let's see how we go. I'm, I would say, I'm very conservative with my money. Um, right. So, so says the person who invests in like you know small, medium tech, growth tech. Right. Conservative is not the word to use. Please. Please. <laughs> They're not going to go bankrupt, man. Trust me, I know these guys. Neither is China. Yeah, that's also true. China is not going to go bankrupt either. But you just call me risky with a small small tech investment. Play. I mean, they are more volatile, right? A bad day for ICBC is down 2-3%. That is a Monday yeah. for Amplitude. <laughs> hey, hey. Don't anyhow, they're green today. 
Yeah, but they're green three percent, right? They're not green like half a percent. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. I think it's it's important to see how we how we go the next few months. I am looking to go back into investing. I have not DCA'd Anthony. I told you this already yeah. multiple times. Um, but let's see, let's see how we go. I, I am thinking about it, but I'm looking at it for next year personally. I think it's it's going to go down some more. I'm not trying to time the market. I'm just trying to time myself. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> no, not, now's the time else, to learn. <laughs> yes, true. Now's the time to learn, but not to pay fees. You see, so <laughs> um, yeah, awesome, awesome, Anthony. But you're you're still going right every month, trying to invest uh, the right I've thing. I've slowed down. I've slowed down slightly more China because I, I realized I was hitting my allocation quite quickly. Um, in, in terms of my cap mm. for them. So I was like, yeah, maybe take it slow a bit. We, we all know it's going to go down, right? And there's big real issues to consider. I don't know enough about lines, line go up, line go down to trade the Chinese market effectively. So yeah, we'll buy slowly. You know, long term, I think it's still a good story. It's still a good play, um, even at this price or 10% higher when I bought it. But, you know, I mean money is kind of finite even even for us so you have to mm. be a bit smarter about it yeah, like you don't want to end up with 100% for, China oh yeah of course <laughs> like you, you can't just keep buying and buying and buying and, and end up being like over allocated right so so that's going to be the, the concern there fair enough awesome coconuts thanks so much for listening in uh, we hopefully next week we'll have some positive news for you instead of all the stuff that's here next week we'll be like We're yes it was a it. bounce brilliant brilliant uh, I did, <laughs> hey, wait what hmm. okay prediction time hey guys, before green. we go green green, green. green. <laughs> I, I think today's green will not last long it'll, it'll go no, back no, down no, over no, the course no. of the next <laughs> week or so we'll see absolutely alright prediction time man yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll go up today. Um, it'll start going down again towards the end of the week, early next week. Mm. Very specific. Let's see what, what happens. End of quarter coming up. Yep. But not that it really matters, but yeah. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. Awesome, folks. Thanks again. We'll see you next week with hopefully some positive news. All right. See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh. And trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.